Welcome to season two of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, the official podcast of the Breakaway Roping Journal. This season, we're bringing you all the interviews you love with the top ropers in the game, news about what's happening in the industry, training tips, and so much more. Plus, we're expanding to bring you news from other events that you love, like goat tying and tie down roping. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. Okay, everybody, if you're listening at the time of release, you know that we are less than two weeks away from the national finals breakaway roping in Las Vegas. Now, I'm not going to get too into that today because we are going to be slamming you guys with content over the next two weeks as we get ready for Las Vegas. I told you before, our whole team is going to be there and we could not be more excited. But today we are talking to one of the cowgirls who is going to the NFBR somebody that I am super excited to introduce, and I'm so happy that I finally got a gap in her schedule to get her on an episode. We're talking about Sarah Angeloni. Now, yes, Sarah is the younger sister to 2022 Breakaway Roping World Champion Martha Angeloni, but you guys may not know that Sarah actually has a gold buckle of her own. She had a little bit of bragging rights because she did technically win her gold buckle before Martha won hers in 2022 at the WPRA World Finals, Sarah was crowned the world champion all-around cowgirl. She is just as handy with a team rope as she is a breakaway rope. And prior to this year, she was known for kind of owning the jackpot circuit, training some outstanding fraturity horses, while Martha was kind of the, you know, fast slinging rodeo girl. Sarah was a little bit more reserved, but just as deadly with a rope. This year, she proved how versatile she was because she is heading to the 2023 NFBR in the number four position just behind her sister, Martha, with over $114,000 won across 78 rodeos. Now, I'm sure you guys have looked at the standings. Those Angeloni girls are in some tough company at the top of the world standings. Shelby Beaujolais is going in with 164,000, Haley Williams with 146,000, Martha with 132,000, then Sarah right on her heels is veteran Kelsey Domer. So it is just going to be super tight up there at the top. But I wanted to give everybody a chance to really get to know Sarah before the finals. I always learn a lot from Sarah every time I'm around her. We just dropped a brand new series on roping.com with Sarah and Shad Mayfield. And I think it's so funny because we got them together for this instructional shoot and practice session uh, before Shad went out on the summer run. And Sarah was saying, yeah, Martha talked me into going on the road for a month, but not really planning on trying to like haul my butt off. I don't like to rodeo. You're going to hear more about that in that, this episode, but obviously things did not go according to her plans. I'm going to tell you guys more about our sponsor, Fastback Ropes, at the commercial break. But before I get to rambling, let's jump in to my conversation with Sarah. All right. Miss Sarah, what are you up to today? Oh, you know, just run my three-year-olds, some four-year-olds, and then my finished horses. Heck yeah. So I had to give you a call. I was watching back. We're getting ready to launch your series with Shad um, and those videos we shot last summer. And in all of the videos, you're like, I don't rodeo. I'm not going to try to make the NFR. I'm not going on the road. And I was like, ha, 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 look at us now. <laughs> so yeah, look at us now. <laughs> so can you kind of explain, like, how you got started this season? And then, you know, I remember you said you were going to go for one month, nothing else. 
and I guess how Martha talked you into making the NFR. Well, you know, I went to the WPRA finals last November and um, I kept telling myself, you know, stay in the top three in the average to make it into Houston because, I mean, roping at Houston has always been like, wow, and Fort Worth. So um, I ended up winning the average at WPRA finals. So I got into Houston and Fort Worth through that. And then I also won enough money there to get into San Antonio too. So I had a pretty good winner, and I think I was like seventh or eighth, maybe fifth or eighth in the standings. I don't know, going into like May-ish, and I went to Deadwood, and Martha's like, do you want to go this summer? And I was like, not really. I really don't. She said, just come for a month. You can make the finals if you just win 30, 40 more thousand. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm only going to come for a month because it is hard for me to be gone longer than that. Um, but then we got out there and, you know, I had a little bit of success. So I was like, I'm just going to stick it out and stay out here the next two months, you know, just to try to win as much money as I can. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how that went. So what did you guys think it was originally going to take if you only needed to win 30 or 40 more thousand? Like what was Martha thinking that cutoff was going to be? So I had in my head um, 60,000 before we left for the summer. And about three weeks in, I said, it's going to take more than that. I was saying 70 to 75. I was saying 65 for sure. It was going to be at least 65. But in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, if I get 75,001, I'm almost positive I'll be in. And um, I don't even know what the cut was. Wasn't it around 60 something? I was going to say, you were pretty spot on because Aaron was 15th with 66,700. And then Josie was 14th with 74,000. Yeah. So I, I, before that, I left for the summer, I said, all right, if I win 60,000, which at the time would have been 30 more thousand than I had, I was like, okay, I'm going to be in the finals. And then about three weeks out there and there was a lot of money, like that could be won and stuff. And a lot of girls were like, it was going up fast. I told Martha, I said, you know, I think it's going to take more than 60 to make it. And I said, 75, you're safe. 65, you're going to be close on making it. So that was, that was kind of what I had in my mind. I gotcha. So what happened when you got out there? Did you just start winning? Did you just fall in love with being on the road? (laughs) I wouldn't say fall in love. (laughs) Um, You know, I had, I think Reno was one of the first rodeos we went to, and I've always wanted to rope at Reno. I've been at Reno during the rodeo, and it's just such a cool atmosphere. And I ended up second at Reno from like ninth callback or something. And after that, I was like, you know what, this is kind of fun. Like to just to be around all those people that love rodeo and all that. And it definitely has its ups and downs, but, um, no, I wouldn't say I fell in love with being gone and on the road, (laughs) but I was blessed enough to win enough that it did. It just made sense for me to stay out there. I gotcha. And 114,000 on the season. I mean, could you get, I mean, I know Martha had an incredible year last year, but with you guys winning 130 and 114, like, did you have any plans of doing that? You know, no. (laughs) Um, I kept telling myself, I'm like, if I win 100,000 before I go home, like, that's going to be so cool. But it started off being, okay, let's win 60,000. And then it was, let's win 75,000. And then um, I just kept resetting goals during the summer. And when I reached the 100,000 mark, I was like, 
dang, this is kind of cool, you know, because there was only like three of us that had been over 100,000 at that point. So it was really cool to experience that. Heck yeah. Which horses did you have out there this year? I had Wilma and Dingo. Okay. Which one's Dingo? Dingo is the crazy one that won't stay in the hot wire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess we should... I forget. We haven't like I, I haven't got to nail you down for a podcast before. Um, can you talk about Wilma and how she's been for you and how long you've ridden her? Um, I bought her as a five year old from Jared Lish in Whitesboro. She was a they sorted and pinned on her, and um, I trained her, and I really didn't haul her much until the college finals. My I guess it was twenty twenty one. I made the college finals, and I took her as a backup, and ended up having to ride her. And, kind of through to the wolves. And then I've really been riding her everywhere since. Gotcha. Now, was she kind of your first really leveled up horse or did you have any before that, that really stood out? Um, I would say she was my first horse that I have trained that had that much potential. Mm -hmm. I had, I mean, I had trained, a few more before her, but none of them had near as much good qualities as she did. I gotcha. And then for the people that might not be as familiar with your story, kind of just give me the five minute Sarah Angeloni, kind of how you ended up where you're at today. Um, so we, Martha and I grew up in Virginia and our parents were not into horses at all. They actually trained field trial dogs and hunting dogs. That's what my, how my dad and mom met. And, um, my dad had like a midlife crisis when he, I don't know how old he was, probably 40, 43. And I had just been born. Martha was probably four or five then. And, um, he said, I want a rope and I want to get horses. And my mom's like, uh, what? I don't even know how to, I don't know anything about horses. <laughs> so, um, they built an arena and bought some horses out of like sale barns and stuff. And it was a learning curve for a long time, but they, uh, we went to a bunch of clinics out here and they would drive us out here, like on Memorial weekend, Labor Day, all that to go to those bigger ropings and we just got to where we were around the right people. And, you know, we learned a bunch from our dad and whoever we went to clinics from and all that. And after high school, we high school rodeo, junior high rodeo in Virginia. And then after I graduated, I moved to Texas. Um, I went to Weatherford College for three years and then I transferred to Tarleton State for my last two. And, the, and you did well at the tail end of your college career, correct? Yes. The first three years I rodeoed for Johnny. He's an amazing coach and I felt bad. I really didn't have the horsepower I needed. And uh, when I moved out here, I didn't have the horses I needed at all. So I kind of was like, well, I can't really afford to just go buy a $100,000 horse. So I was like, I guess I'm going to have to start training them. So when I rodeoed for him, I did not have a good horse. And then luckily when I started at Tarleton State under Mark Eakin, I had had Wilma and another gilding I had trained. So, um, it was, it was cool to make the college finals. I did make it my last two years, so I was happy with that. Today's episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. Fastback Ropes offers two options for breakaway ropers. One of them is for calf ropers as well, and that is the Fastback Edge. The Edge is a four-strand calf rope made of texturized poly. It's a tough and durable rope that is made to stand up in all conditions and outlast the competition. 
Some of its claims to fame are that it stays true no matter what weather conditions you're in. It has very little stretch and it's a very low maintenance rope. This is a great one for beginners. It's very easy to take care of, very durable, and it's just a very smooth and quick rope. Now, for breakaway ropers, especially those that prefer a core in their rope, the pink Athena rope is a phenomenal breakaway rope. It's a four-strand rope with a purple-dyed polycore. The polycore provides an enhanced tip weight and durability. It's a tough and durable rope made to stand up in all conditions and has a very snappy finish in clothes. Both of those ropes are available in an extra soft and soft lay. For more information, head to www.fastbackropes.com. Again, that's www.fastbackropes.com. And be sure to follow them on social media and thank them for supporting Breakaway Ropers. Okay, back to today's episode. And then as far as being on the road this year, I mean, was there anything unexpected? Did you learn anything interesting along the way? I know having Martha as a guide can be an exciting experience. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Honestly, everybody keeps asking me, like, what did you learn? What's your biggest takeaway? And, like, how prepared should you be? And honestly... You can't be too prepared, but then again, you never know what's going to happen out there. Like things happen that you would never even think would happen. So there's really no rule book to going and rodeoing for the summer. But I think one thing I talked about on another podcast was how expensive it is to rodeo and people don't realize that. Um, But it's a lot of long nights, a lot of driving, hope you like subway, like (laughs) all the things. And and you kind of went out this year, you know, you didn't have like a ton of sponsors, you know, it's not like the breakaway ropers in general really get that backing that maybe the team ropers do. Um, so yeah, like you said, I, the costs are just as high for breakaway ropers as everybody else. Yes, ma'am, for sure. And that's one thing. It's like some of our rodeos didn't pay as good as everybody else. And I'm like, we're still paying the same fees and the same fuel and all that, but it is very expensive, and I think a lot of people don't plan for that when they got there. Luckily, I won enough to keep me afloat because I told Martha when we left, the day we left, I said, I hope I don't go broke out here. And she's like, you're not going to go broke out here. But I really didn't know because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what it would cost. And um, if I rodeo again, I'll dang sure have a better idea of what I'm going to need to go into the summer with. Mm-hmm. What was your your favorite run from this year or favorite rodeo from this year? Those might be two different ones, too. My favorite run was at Nampa. I was 1-6 in the first round, and that was probably one of the best runs I've ever made in my life. That was um, <laughs> Thank you. My favorite rodeo, there's a lot. I mean, I I love a lot, but... I mean, I really liked Reno. I think, like, just the crowd and just all the excitement and the energy there is really cool. Heck yeah. And then one thing I really wanted to talk about today is you're getting ready for your first, you know, NFBR. What does that look like? We're we're two and a half weeks out. What are you doing to kind of get prepared, and what does your schedule look like? So, um, I have three, three year olds. I'm trying to get ready for the RFA too. So I can't just totally kick them to the curb. I know a lot of people are probably like, just focus on getting ready for yourself. And I am doing that, but I also still have to get them ready. So 
um, since they sat for three months this summer. But, you know, I rope on them every day that I can. And then I'll, uh, I try not to rope on my good horses very much. So, I mean, I'll rope a couple on them. And then I have a couple practice horses that I'll just rope for me, you know, and I'll run five or 10, 10 on them and just, just try to be correct and set the box to what it's going to be set there. And the, and I have a barrier at my house and set all that up. And, um, that's kind of what I'm going to do the next two weeks. I haven't done that yet, but I'm just going to try to be as prepared as I can. And that is something to consider too, for, for breakaway ropers and not to make it up, you know, about not to make you speak too much on breakaway, not being in the Thomas and Mac or whatever, but when they're running for $30,000 a night, and you guys are not roping for that kind of money. Like you said, there's, there's still good money at the futurities you have to plan for. Oh, for sure. And, um, like I said, those, those three-year-olds are so hard to get trained because, you know, they can't have been hauled anywhere. They can have been exhibition, but it's a lot on a four-year-old to go do that and show. And I, they moved it this year. I think it's in March instead of February. So I have a little more time, but I've, I've learned doing that the past couple of years, you can't be too prepared. So. For sure. Yeah. RFA last year was, that's the one where they have to be unentered, right? Or is that still this year? Yes. The slot race, they cannot be entered until they get there. I love that. That was so chaotic to watch, but so fun. I know. <laughs> okay. Like as far as anything else, do you have your back number ceremony outfit planned? I mean, last year you were still submitting coursework while Martha was getting her back number. So I feel like it's a big jump. um actually no I do not I'm stressing about that as we speak because the problem with me is I'm so tall so a lot of times like when I try to order something it gets here and it's too short so um I actually went I was in Dallas the other day and I went and looked around and I really didn't find much so I got home and just panicked and started ordering stuff and hoping it's going to be long enough so no I do not have a back number ceremony dress yet (laughs) Um, which horses are you taking out there and are you guys planning on entering any other events on the way or once you're in Vegas? So I'm going to take Wilma, Dingo and Squishy. Squishy is a gilding that I trained and I, I know I actually sold him in January and then bought him back. I bought him back a couple weeks ago. And I love him and I'm really excited to bring him out there because he really has matured and um, he's gotten so much better than he was when I sold him. So I'm excited to ride him. Heck yeah. Are there any, um, any of the girls or any of the horses that you're excited to watch in that setup or, you know, cause it's five rounds back to back to back. So things do get pretty intense in there. Um, I'm excited to watch Jackie, you know, she sat out last year and I think that was pretty hard on her. And, um, I feel like she's going to come back firing. I'm really excited to watch Kelsey too, because Kelsey sat out last year because she had her little girl. So I think both of them are going to kind of ball out and have fun and not worry about anything else. Um, uh, those are two that I'm dang sure excited to watch, you know, and Danny is always fun to watch. She balls out all the time. So <laughs> you, never, fun. <laughs> you never know if Danny's going to be one five or four flat. You never know. <laughs> or if she's going to just chuck it from the box. <laughs> exactly. Her horse doesn't even move. She's one five. Yes. <laughs> um, if you had to give anybody advice who wanted to go out there and rodeo, 
Um, or if they, if you, if they wanted to start training for charity horses, we can kind of talk about both. What are some things you would let them know? I think as far as going on the road, you have to have short-term memory and everybody talks about that all the time, but seriously out there, you have to have short-term memory because you can't go practice and you can't go score some on your horse and you can't go run some when stuff isn't going right. Like you literally have to suck it up and drive 10 hours to the next rodeo. So that was a learning curve for me. You know, at the beginning, there was some rodeos that wouldn't go great and I would get kind of down and Martha's like, you literally get to run another one tomorrow at 8 a.m. Like get in the truck and drive. Let's go. <laughs> so it's like that would be my advice to somebody wanting to go rodeo. Like you really have to mentally be prepared to lose because you're not going to win everywhere you go. You know, nobody's perfect. So I think short term memory, let things go and roll off and you know, go to the next one because nine times out of 10, you're going to rope at either one that night or one the next morning. Um, okay. So with that being said, with you guys going together, who gets the aux cord in the truck and what kind of tunes are we playing? <laughs> um, well, honestly, most of the time I drove, she'd either be in the trailer or she'd be sleeping. So I just listen to my music and I have a mix, you know, country, rap, rock. It just depends. And then when she's driving, I'll be sleeping her in the trailer. So most of the time, like we were not in the truck together. So we just kind of listened to our own music and rolled on. When do you guys head out there? Um, I am leaving probably November 30th or December 1st. And, um, uh, one of my very best friends lives in New Mexico. So I'm going to stop and see her for like two days to kind of break the trip up. And then, um, I'll head into Vegas on the third. Heck yeah. And then are you guys going to any of the other ropings or are you team roping out there at all? Um, I wish I was team roping because there's so much money in it, but no, I'm not. I am entered. I have a roping every day after the finals and some we have, some days we have two a day until like the 13th of December. So it'll be pretty busy for like 10, 10 straight days out there. Do you guys stay at the South Point or do you stay somewhere else? Um, I'm going to stay at South Point during the NFR and then uh, either Westgate or Airbnb because I like feeling at home when we're gone that long. Well, and then I've got to ask everybody that comes on, um, what is the best piece of advice? Just, it can be roping, life, whatever that you have ever been given. I would say live in the moment. You know, we get so caught up in rushing and trying to get so many things done and, and rushing, 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 and we're going to look up and be you know, old and wish we would have taken our time and enjoyed life more. So I think just being present, living in the moment. Heck yeah. And then is there anything specific you've been working on with your roping lately or with your horsemanship? Um, you know, on my, my good horses, I just, I try to run a couple on them and just really keep them free and rope them at the end of the pen and not even worry about if they stop half the time, because I know they're going to stop. And then on my younger horses, I don't really get too worried about my rope and I really try to focus on them and just keeping them good and calm in the box and, you know, liking their job. Well, I think I've thoroughly interrogated you today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can capture one of you guys. I'm taking advantage of it. There you go. <laughs> I am telling you guys, I could watch Martha rope 
all day long, but I could watch Sarah work horses like for two days straight, no sleep, get me some Red Bull because that girl just has a way with horses. She is a true blue horseman. She is so knowledgeable and she just does everything so correct. And you want to see some 11s in the dirt? Watch Sarah's Futurity Colts. If you guys are interested in checking out our roping.com series that I kind of alluded to earlier with Sarah and Shad, they go through everything from a practice session where they're talking smack just as much as they're roping. So it's very funny. Um, Sarah talks about different things that she does with her three-year-olds and four-year-olds, how she preps them for fraternities. She even touches on her college rodeo career a little bit more in depth. We have a great interview with Sarah where she goes through her life story, what it's like being Martha's sister. And then Shad goes on there and tells the full Shad Mayfield story, start to finish, the good, the bad, the ugly, and it is just an outstanding series for breakaway ropers and tie-down ropers. We're calling it the Calf Roping Masterclass because the amount of knowledge between those two is just off the charts. If you guys are interested in purchasing a membership, if you're not a roping.com member already, definitely use code BREAKDOWN15, that's BREAKDOWN15, to get 15% off of a new membership. Also, if you guys are in the market for a new rope, you have got to check out fastbackropes.com. Get your hands on some edges and Athenas. They make great Christmas presents if you don't know what to get the breakaway roper in your life. Also, I'm a big fan of the Fastback Ropes ball caps. Um, I love their hats, the designs, the colors. It's just they've got some great products outside of ropes if you're a fan. Stay tuned for more episodes coming up from NFBR qualifiers, industry legends, and even an NFR team roper that's going to be coming up on our next episode. Breakaway Roping Journal is your source for all things National Finals Breakaway Roping, and CalfRoping.com is your source for all things NFR tie-down roping coming up over the next few weeks. So make sure that you don't miss a second of the action. Until next week, hope you guys are kicking butt, having fun, and you're not too full from your Thanksgiving meals. Talk to you soon.